We're turning today to the book of Esther in the Old Testament, and I want you to take your time and get the place. If you go as far as Job, you're gone too far, and if you're gone as far as the Psalms, you're gone too far. So you'll get Esther there, tucked in between Nehemiah, Ezra, Second Chronicles, First Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and we're at the chapter 2, and we're at the chapter 2, and uh, we're reading on down some verses into chapter 3, and I ask you please to keep your Bible open, and I trust you have a Bible with you. I'd rather see people with a Bible than some mechanical device, because you could press a button on that yoke that you have and anything could shoot up in front of you. But when you turn a page in the Bible, you'll get truth. You know, a fellow said to me one time, he says, when the Lord preached his first sermon in Nazareth, he closed the book, he didn't switch it off. And so keep the book open. And thank God for the book, the Word of God. In Esther chapter 3 and 16, and the history and the context here is we're breaking in. What a wonderful story this is. Queen Vashti has been deposed from the throne, and Esther, the Jewess chosen by the king, has taken her place. And in verse 16, we read these words. So Esther was taken on to the king Ahasuerus into his house royal in the tenth month, which is the month Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and servants, even Esther's feast, and he made a release to the provinces and give gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, there Mordecai sat in the king's gate, Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. Mordecai, for those of you who don't know, was an older cousin of Esther. And uh, he adopted her uh, when her mother and father died. She was an orphan. And he adopted her. They're in bondage, remember? They're in the Babylonish bondage here. And he adopted her and looked after her like a father and watched her daily and uh, loved her with all his heart like his own child. And Mordecai, we'll be hearing more about him in a moment or two. Verse 21. In those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlain, Bigthan and Teres, of, of those which kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. 
And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. In other words, she reported it to the king. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And the king's servant that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But, as one of these blessed buts, Mordecai bowed not nor did him reverence. Then the king's servant, which were in the king's gate, said to Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, when they spake daily unto him, that he hearkened not unto them, that they had told him and to see whether Mordecai's battle would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole region of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. And so reads the word of the Lord. Couched and concealed in these verses of Scripture are three individual characters that powerfully and typically prophesy and represent the types and the times in which we now live in. These verses are overloaded with application for saint and sinner alike. And may God help me this morning to get some of it out before you. Esther the bride represents the church. We know from the word of God in many places that the church is likened unto the bride of Christ. Haman, the proud, wicked, boastful, second in command to King Ahasuerus, represents the beast that you'll be hearing much about and should be hearing about it, about him in these present days. Esther called him his name, the wicked one, Haman. We read that four times it says in these verses of Esther, he hated the Jews. And the Antichrist hates the Jews and hates God's people today. The third one is Mordecai, who stood firmly and res res resolutely at the gate and wouldn't bow and represents the true believer in Christ. I want to apply, first of all, very briefly, Esther as the bride. And then I'm going to go on to deal with the beast 
and the believer that's in the mix along with her. Interesting stuff here. I can say this before I go on to look at this. All these three types have come to the forefront so much in the past year and a half or more. I can tell you that the bride has stained her garments. I can tell you that the beast walketh about daily as a roaring lion. And I can tell you that the believers have caved in, many of them, and are not standing like Mordecai stood. Let's look for a wee moment at the election of the bride. Out of hundreds of thousands of women from India to Ethiopia, this man reigned. 127 provinces, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of women. Esther, a slave from bondage, was chosen as the queen. Took 12 months to select her. Now you just think of this believer this morning. Do you ever think that out of the millions of people in, in billions of people in the world and the millions of people in Ireland, north and south, in bondage this morning, perishing this morning, that he would choose you or choose me? Because that is the case. We, the children of God, are the ecclesia. We're the called out ones. We're the chosen ones. We're predestinated before the hills in order stood. I tell you, that should draw praise. We don't get much teaching on this, and that's why they're so dry at times. Not only have we been elected and predestinated, we have been adopted into the family. This woman was adopted into the family. As an orphan, she was brought out of bondage. Sat at the right hand of the king, the king that, ru that ruled the all-known world. So that takes me to her exaltation. She's robed in the king's garment with a royal apparel, ceremonially, ceremoniously washed and purified, sat on the throne as the bride. Oh, I tell you this, my friend. We have been exalted as the people of God into high places this morning. And our exaltation's not ending yet for some day. We're going to be in the throne and at the throne and with the throne and with him at the hallelujah. What a wonderful picture of the church, the bride. And then there's intercession. When the hour of crisis comes, she went in before the king, fasted and prayed and cried unto him for his people. She says, if I perish, she said, if I perish, I perish. How can I endure to see these people? How can I endure to see the Jews, my people, being destroyed? And she pleaded with the king. Lovely picture of intercession. God help us to get out into the prayer meetings and intercede before God. Now put your eyes in verse 1 of chapter 3. After these things, after what things? After these things had taken place and the queen was in position. Then verse 1, after these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, and advanced him and set him in seat above all the princes that were with him. What I have written over this verse is, then cometh Amalek, Amal Amalek 
This has literally happened here. You know this? Agag was the king of Amma, the Amalekites. This was a descendant from the Amalekites. Remember Samuel slew him when Saul refused to slay him. Samuel slew Agag, the descendant of this boy. They're bred in bread to hate the Jews and hate the people of God. He's a type here appearing on the scene just suddenly, overnight he comes. The Antichrist. You meditate upon that. You will see that that's the day that we're living in. Some of these days he's going to appear. Oh, he's alive and well. Don't you make any mistakes about that. He's alive and well. And just suddenly he's here and he's second in, he's second in, in, in command to the great king himself. And overnight this fellow come and takes charge of the affairs of almost the whole world. He's satanically inspired. If you study this, we haven't time to go into this all this morning, but if you study this, you will discover that he's hatching a plan to annihilate the Jews. Satan's never short of a man. And he has men, men, and men, but he hasn't got the right man yet. But the right man, Satan's deputy's coming. And we're in the day when we'll see him. I'll not, but I'll be gone. For if you're saved, I'll, the church will be raptured before he comes. He never was short of a man. He had Cain to slay Abel. But he thought the seed would come from there. He had Pharaoh to slay the children. He had Herod to slay the Jewish children. He had Hitler. He had Mussolini. He is the Palestinians today who will wipe the people of God out. It's, it's the spirit of Antichrist. This man was groomed for the top. And then there's the day an hour came when he was promoted. Look at the verse again. He promoted Haman, the son of Abedagag, and advanced him. That is, he set him on high. Or, or if you want the Hebrew to it, he lifted him up. God's going to lift him up onto his own gallows before this is all over. He lifted him up above all the princes. He's the top boy. Remember what the Apostle John says? He says, the spirit of Antichrist now worketh. And that's this spirit that's working. And I'm going to show you how it's working. This spirit of Antichrist, this spirit of the devil that's working through politics and working through the church and working in these last days and it's time that we wake up. This spirit of Antichrist is going to be, he's going to be emboldened in a man. In a man's. The beast. Won't appear. The spirit that's working now. The real man will be working before very long. Just before I go on with the prophetical bit here, let's think of the practical moment. Is it not the case? And have you not experienced it? That evil men and wicked men and ungodly and unworthy men have been promoted and elevated and lifted up into positions for which they are not worthy. 
You know that Mordecai has saved the king's life here. We read that. It was recorded. And he'll be rewarded for it later on in the story. But at the moment, he, there was no tribute paid to him. In the same time, those that are worthy so often are not elevated in the way that we should. Of course, you have that through the Masonic. And you have it through the round table. And you have it through the old boys club. And you have it in the church. I was speaking to a man not so long ago. And his son that qualified as a teacher. I says that he got a job. Yes, he says he got into the school that he wanted in her hometown. I says, that's very good. Oh, we knew the, the, the head of the board of governors was a Christian and we knew him. If you're at that, carry on, stop it. Bad enough the world be not it. Let that child of yours forage for themselves and get their own jobs. It's the same in the world and it's the same in the church and it's the same in politics. People elevated into positions that they're not capable of holding. Unrepented terrorists pontificating and legislating and dictating. That's the day that we're in. And it's a very sad day that we're in that men are put into positions because of expediency. Because in case... They chase the whole thing round them. They would fall down and storm it and they'd come back and shoot us again. There's an awful way to live under threat. As you say, you're rough this morning. You've heard nothing yet. Let them keep their money and let them keep their jobs. Lord will look after us. I love Psalm 75 and verse 6. Don't turn to it. For promotion cometh not from the east. Or from the west, or from the south. <laughs> some of you maybe have been turned down in a job application and you didn't get it, and some other rascal has got it. Don't you worry about that. That's all God. Promotion doesn't come from the east, it doesn't come from the west, it doesn't come from the south. No, it doesn't say the north. It comes from the north, Jerusalem. It comes from God. Let God elevate that child of yours. Let God take care of it. Don't you go around foraging favours of anybody for anybody that puts you into a job can put you out of it. But God is judge and he putteth down one and setteth up another. For the hand of the Lord's cup is full with red wine and he poureth it out. I'm glad that I'm serving a sovereign and eternal God who's in control of all things. And if all things work together for good, so if I apply for a job and I don't get the job and somebody else gets it, hallelujah, all things work together for good. Here's this book of Esther. The name of God's not mentioned in it. But the hand of God is everywhere in it. Providence. Providence of God all over the book of Esther. Providence of God, my friend, believer this morning, all over your life. The word providence means to provide. Has God not provided for you? 
It's in this word providence that we get our uh, word video. Well, video is in the middle of the word providence. And that means to see. Do you think your God doesn't see you this morning? Do you think he doesn't care for you this morning? Do you think he doesn't prepare for you this morning, protect you this morning, and supply your need this morning? Of course he does. And give praise to him. And give thanks to him this morning. The eyes of God go throughout the whole earth, and he sees your wee family, and he knows all about them. And he knows all about your troubles and your trials. And what's going on in your heart and in your home that nobody else knows anything about. Oh, I'd love to go on with that, but I can't. Back to Haman. He was satanically inspired. Secondly, he was physically worshipped. Look at verse 2. And I hope you have your Bible open now. Look at verse 2. He was physically worshipped. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded him. That's why the king had so commanded him. And it says that they all give authority. And remember this friend, they not only bowed to him, they fell prostrate before him and adored him and reverenced him. You take the mark of the beast if you're not saved this morning. And the church goes, that's exactly what you're going to do when the Antichrist, the beast, appears. And he's on the sidelines at the minute. He's watching everything and working behind the scenes. And I'll show you how he's working before it closed. The old fell at his feet and reverenced him and adored him. Let me say the devil's not happy with a wink or a nod. The devil's not happy with you lifting your cap to him. He demands and commands worship. Complete and utter and full worship. And he's not satisfied with anything else. The whole strategy behind the temptations of our Lord and the Mount of Temptation was for that three, that problem. Was to break him and bow, make him bow. That is what Satan said to the Lord. All this will I give thee, the kingdom of the world, that thou shalt worship me. Now remember what Revelation 13 says. The whole world wandered, wandered after the beast. The whole world worshipped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? And the whole world is waiting for the beast. Do you get that into your head this morning? The whole world wandered after the beast. He's going to have mighty magnetic power. He's the devil incarnate. And when he appears, wherever he is, he hasn't showed himself yet, but he's going to show himself very soon. And the church is going to be away. And I'm crying to God and praying with all my heart that he'll revive us. He'll, he'll revive us before he raptures us. They all worship the beast. And he'll settle for nothing else. You'll have to take the mark. The spirit of Antichrist 
is at work in a big way this morning. It's gone on through COVID. It's gone on through the sodomites. It's gone on through abortion. It's gone on through the transgender business. The spirit of Antichrist. John says, the spirit of Antichrist that you've heard about is now at work. The mystery of iniquity, Paul says, does already work. You see, there's iniquity going on behind the scenes. And you know, the word of God tells us if possible, it'll deceive the very elect and the very elect of God are being deceived. And one of the reasons that so many of God's people are being deceived, we're not being taught the word of God and we're not in the word of God and we believe nearly anything. You hear that one? COVID, while God allowed it, has been a master plan and ploy and plot of the devil to take away worship from God to himself. And he has succeeded in government and he has succeeded in the church when the Prime Minister of Britain stands up puts up his two fingers and says, victory to the vaccine. Victory and give praise to the scientists. And God not mentioned. Well, he'll tumble. He'll tumble. Isn't it sad to think, my God, it's hard to pen this. Isn't it, isn't it sad to think Hundreds of Christians and hundreds of Christians hewed up in freezing temperatures, muffled up in scarves on them, sat for hours in their cars, waiting to get vaccine number one and vaccine number two. Now, I'm not saying anything. You've never heard me condemn them in the vaccine. You have a right to do what you feel to do. And that's not my point. People ask me, did you take the vaccine? I don't say whether I have taken it or whether I don't. And I'm not giving you advice either. You make up your own mind. But never once have so many of these Christians that sat in the cars for hours, never once have they come into a warm, heated church to a prayer meeting. And when they've got the vaccine, and when all seems to be well, they're still not in at the prayer meeting. Now you might be cross at me for saying that this morning, somebody out there, well, you examine your own heart. Is that the reason that you're not in the prayer meetings? Or is it you just couldn't be bothered and you're not spiritual enough? Of course you can't come into a prayer meeting and pray if you're sinning. Well, I hope you're not. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just throwing that out. Isn't that very strange? I want to say further this this morning, and you know my views on all this this morning, but it falls into this message. Never was it the will of God <clears throat> that we should be masked or muzzled. 
Never should it be the will of God that we would sign a book and told what day to come to the church and what hour to come and where to sit and what, and what to do and not to sing and told how long we would stay. Never was it the will. It's the spirit of Antichrist at work. That's what it is. And he's been allowed to succeed. Spirit of Antichrist. He's at work. When he got us all housed up and housed out, he slipped in with the abortion. He slipped in with the protocol. He slipped in with the homosexuality. Awake, awake, awake. Church of Jesus Christ, awake. When the people come out on Sunday morning, they don't want to hear about the martyrs. They don't want to hear about John Knox or John Calvin. They want to hear a word from God. Awake out there. May God lift the scales from off our eyes. Can we not see what's going to come next? It was satanically inspired. They physically worshipped him. They personally adored him. And it says that those were at the gate. That's those that were in authority. And whether they're in authority in the government or whether they're in the authority of the church, they bowed. And the devil will not have very far to go to take them whenever he appears to get them at his feet. Those that are not saved are not afar to go. He's making the pad. He's he's getting. He's just waltzing us all into. In all, if you're not saved this morning, I tell you, flee from the wrath to come and don't fool and tinker about with the things of God. You need to be saved this morning. You need to be ready. But lastly, here there's. It was spiritually opposed. Look at verse 2. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate, notice they all bowed and reverenced him, adored him, lay at his feet. For the king had so commanded, they're dupes of the devil. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Why was that? The end of verse 4 Because he was a Jew. (laughs) No reverence and no no adoring and no bowing here. Because he was a Jew. Tell me this. Young person. When did you last say to your teacher, I'm not believing that or I'm not doing that for I'm a Christian. When did you last, sir, say to your employee, I can't employ her, I can't do that, I'm a Christian? Are you ashamed of him? We're coming into the days, and we're in the days, I'll tell you, when you'll have to nail your color to the mark. Are you ashamed of him? 
When have you said to your boyfriend or your girlfriend, I can't do that? I'm a Christian. He didn't do it because he was a Jew. Now hear me. It wasn't that he was rebelling against the authorities because he was in authority himself because he sat at the gate. The 70 years of Babylonian captivity is over here. They're still there. He's at the gate. Now there's a powerful point to make here. He defended the king. He reported when he heard the two men were going to assassinate him. He reported it to the king. So he wasn't anti-government. Can I say that we never had a problem here with the authorities as far as that goes? But there came a day here in our thinking as the oversight of this church where we drew a line and said no no further. The police and the papers and the environmental health, they were all welcomed here and they were all dealt courteously with. We have no problem with the authorities. We have no problem of paying taxes. We have no problem of doing what we should do as, as legal subjects of this. We render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but we render unto God the things that are God's. And the very same question that was put to this man by this crowd, why transgresseth thou the king's commandment has been put to us time and time and time again here. Why hast thou doing this when others are not? Why are you guilty of murdering people, we were told? Well, Mordecai didn't shift. He doesn't, he doesn't shift. They kept at him and at him and at him. If you read the scriptures, they kept at him. They kept at him. They kept at him. Why are you doing? Why are you doing? Bow, bow, bow. He said, no bow. Ten times they called Nehemiah to come down to the wall, Sanballat and Tobiah. Ten times. And he stood his ground. Now I must say this. I know some Christians now and they'll stand with you for a wee while. Oh, they'll come up for the for the physical fight. Oh, and it's great to have the church open. Great to have a place to go. Great and boys, no mass, no not great. But where does the pressure come from? It'd be a scattering match. We need men and women who will stand no matter what happens. We need men and women will stand. I went into the hair to get my hair cut. You'd wonder what I was going in to get my hair cut for. But I went in to get my hair cut and she said to me, do you want much off? I says, take it all off or I mightn't get back in for six years. <laughs> the devil never gives up. He kept at him and at him and at him. That's his tactic. 
He'll wear out the saints of the Most High. And he'll wear you out, my friend. He'll try to wear you out. He'll wear you out with the children. He'll wear you out with your health. He'll wear you out over your church problem. He'll wear you out a thousand ways. He's a liar and he wears out the saints of the Most High God. That's one of his tactics. And he'll never give up and he'll never give in. But we can get victory over him. We get victory over him. The same victory that come here, come to us. This caliber of man, in this late hour, when the Jews were about to be destroyed by Haman who plotted and planned, and by the way, was money involved. You'll always get money involved in these things. He went to the king and he said, I'll give you an hour money. I haven't counted out, but an hour money, it would be millions of pounds. Where was he going to get? He was going to take it from the Jews when he exterminated them. And old Ahasuerus was in need of money for he'd have to come out of two wars and he was almost bankrupt and he needed the money so he signed it. He signed it. And the whole plan was in place to wipe out the Jewish nation and the Jewish people. And I don't know why I can't say whether I'm coming back to this next week or not. I don't know. But boy, what a story. What a story. This is the color of man that we meet today. While the church sleeps, the enemy sow in the terms. Night close, driving these thoughts into your heart. Legislation's about to be passed, if it's not already passed, for a buffer zone around all the abortion clinics, shops and factories that we can't protest. Now that buffer zone could be a mile, it could be five miles, I don't know. And then they talk about democracy. And I'm slaying the children every day in hundreds. And the church is asleep. We can't get our people to stop work early and come to the prayer meeting. John Sherwood was arrested in England not that long ago for preaching the gospel on the street. And all that he preached was this God-created man, male and female. Outside of that is sinful. And they arrested him. Do you think it's coming to Northern Ireland? Yes, it's coming in my day. Know me long as Brother Bill into the government. To get it passed as illegal to smack a child, even in their own home. And another one in hate speech, even in their own home. I can't say to my daughters or to my wife, I can't say something. What they say is hate crime. And it would be very simple and very simple. They have a right to report me and get me lifted. And they have a right to take the children away from them too if they smack them. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up you out there this morning. Wake up that's cowering under cover this morning and stand up. I'd rather die in a prayer meeting. Die on this pulpit. And die duking in some room. 
Recommendations also, I am told, been made that evangelical Christians should not be allowed on the board of governors in schools. All this is the spirit of Antichrist. That's already at work. The mystery of iniquity. That's working. Moving on. And it's going to get worse. And I say this as a close. We need to keep together. We need to stay together, pray together. Those that feared the Lord spake often one to another, not about one another. Put your whole being in behind this church or whatever church stands for truth. Put your whole, every fiber of your body into it. Close your workplace down. Get somebody to look after your children, but get to the prayer meeting. I close with the thought in verse 6. Look at verse 6. Haman was mad and he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Notice that wee word, alone. He wanted to get him on his own. When the devil gets you on your own, he'll tear you apart. He wanted to get him on his own. It's like the sheep, and we often use that illustration. If the whole sheep stick together in the middle of the field and they keep in tight to one another when the dog's going round them, he'll wait till he gets one out. He'll get one wee weak one out. That was, the, that, was, that was the tactic of Amalek. That was the tactic of these boys. That was the tactic. That's what he did when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. Then came Amalek. He didn't face Joshua and the men front. He'll not face a frontal attack. He comes in behind to the women and the children. He attacked the women and the children. He came in behind them. You know the story. It's Exodus 18, is it? Then he come in behind and he nail the child. And he nail the wife, the weaker vessel. And he'll get the trouble going in the home. And he'll get the conflict going in the home. And he'll disrupt the whole business. Keep together. Keep in together. For God soon changed this whole situation. And if you read on, he changed the whole thing. In a few hours. And this boy ended up on the gallows that he had made for Haman. And the people of God were delivered. And he'll always will deliver them. And he'll deliver you too. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus this morning. Look away to Calvary this morning. Look away to the cross this morning. And if you can, stay with us and remember him here. And if you can, can't pray with us in the evening, pray when you go home and pray together to you see what God's going to do. Because once he gets the Mordecai standing, he will work. 
of the devil gets as mad as he likes. We're not intimidated by the devil. No, we're not taking lectures from Satan. No, we're not taking lectures from governments either. We ought to obey God. And obey God we will. And you be ready for the next close down, for it's coming soon. It's coming soon. And it may well be prophetical. It may well be for six years. It'll be six months, I don't know. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we pray that these truths would resonate in hearts as they have resonated in mine as I prayed and prepared this message. And Father, if we have said anything that would grieve or hurt the Holy Spirit, that's all that we're concerned about, Lord. If we grieve and hurt men, Lord, after that we can do nothing about it. Oh God, we're in a solemn hour. We're in the late day, Lord. These things are all around us, Lord, and Satan's preparing for the next move, Lord. Oh God, we bind them in Jesus' name. We bind every demonic power over a home, over our families, over our children. We thank you, Lord, for this place. We thank you for these prayer meetings where men and women can come and tell us about their needs and their desires and their longings and their homes and their hearts. And Father, we can pray one with another and we bless thee. There's power in collective prayer. Oh God, we praise you for the providential hand of God. Lord, let us as the church, as the bride, rise up and praise and thanksgiving for your brothers out of darkness into light and lifted us into high places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for what we have in Jesus. So, Lord, we pray that you'll bless this word, bless those that go after the table and those that stay. Lord, we bless thee together. We can hold on in Jesus' name. Amen.